Welcome to the Eastern Current Saltwater Fishing Podcast presented by Florida Fishing Products. If you haven't checked out Florida Fishing Products, make sure you do. They make some of the best reels in the industry and they've got great customer support. Today we chat with two of our great buddies, Steve and Drew from Griffin's Guide Service up on the Chesapeake Bay, and we make the huge announcement of they are our new host here on the Eastern Current Podcast. They're going to be bringing their own show, chatting with people from around the Chesapeake Bay and north about some of the fisheries that we don't get to talk about and we don't get to experience as much as they do. So excited to have them on, and they're going to have a great show that's going to be coming every week or every other week here on the Eastern Current platform, so make sure y'all check it out. If you're like us here at Eastern Current, your boat trailer takes a beating. That's why we want to tell you about Coastal Trailer Repair, located here in Wilmington, North Carolina. At Coastal Trailer Repair, they strive to bring quality work at a reasonable price, specializing in trailer hubs, springs, and all things electrical and wiring. If you have an issue with your trailer, look no further than Coastal Trailer Repair to get you back on the road. You can find their information in the podcast show notes. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Eastern Current Podcast. This is going to be a fun one. We've got some good buddies on, and, and as you heard in the intro, uh, a cool announcement, but um, I got Mike here with me in the shop, and then we've got Stephen Drew from Griffin's Guide Service up in Maryland, and the cool thing about this podcast is we are introducing them as new hosts of their own show here on the Eastern Current platform, so they're going to be recording podcasts uh, with, with a lot of different guys from Virginia all the way up to Maine, potentially talking about you know, some of those more northern water fisheries and, and talking a lot about their fishery there in the Chesapeake Bay, um, fishing Maryland and Virginia for big reds, cobia, massive stripers, uh, and a lot of other things that, that they have going on throughout the seasons. But excited to have y'all on, excited to talk about y'all's fishery, and, and welcome to the uh, to the Eastern Current team. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited. For sure. I, I remember reaching Happy out. I remember reaching out. We've talked about this for like maybe over a year. And finally, finally made it happen. <laughs> yeah. You got all your all your sound equipment for Christmas, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, I think back in November, you mentioned that. And I was like, you know what? I'll, my wife keeps asking me for something for Christmas. What can I buy you? You buy everything you you need. And I was like, ah, I mean, this stuff. I'm gonna start doing podcasts. That's what uh, that's what my wife always says. She's like, you're the worst person to shop for for Christmas because when you want something, you just go buy it. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to be better about that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, let's this uh, is a win. Let's start. At, Drew, have you been on a pod? You've been on a podcast, haven't you? I don't think so. No, no, no you haven't. Okay. Drew, I think. Uh, I think. Yeah. We, well, let's do do a little intro. Both of y'all give us your backstory, your bios. Steve, you've been on here before, um, but but let's still just just knock that out so that people can kind of get to know you if they haven't already. Cool. Yeah, I am uh, Captain Steve Griffin. I uh, started Griffin's Guide Service God, several years ago now. Um, We've had a really good run, but uh, we're here in Maryland in the Chesapeake Bay, kind of in the middle Bay region. Um, I've been fishing not my whole life. I've got a little kind of a unique story. I think most people have heard it. Um, Didn't start out fishing. Haven't been fishing my whole life. I actually hated fishing the way people fish in the Chesapeake Bay. But uh, then learned how to fish in some, some mountain streams and doing real light tackle stuff and spinning gear versus the trolling, which I was first introduced to. Um, and learn that you can then implement those light tackle uh, techniques and strategies in the Chesapeake Bay and kind of fish the bay just like you would a stream. And I started doing that with a couple buddies, including Drew. Drew's been fishing with me in the bay as long as I have. So, uh, yeah, I loved it. It really started uh, 
figuring things out. You know, we really, I, when I start something, I really go into it hard. Um, 110%. My wife hates me for that because I just really nerd out on it and try and figure out as much as I can. And uh, so we figured it out pretty good, figured out the redfish, the stripers, um, some speckled trout stuff here in the bay, and uh, decided I was going to start a guide service, which, you know, then took off. And uh, we've been doing really good. A lot of great clients, met a lot of good friends, and uh, got to the point where, you know, we were too busy. I was booked up, and Drew's kind of always helped me along this whole time was a mate when I needed it. Cause we'll take up the six guys in the boat. If we got six kids on the boat, we definitely want a mate um, or new anglers. So we bring a mate along and Drew's always been that guy. And when we got to the point where we were just a little too busy, I was turning down trips. I uh, asked Drew if he wanted to join, I wanted to be a captain and, and I got another boat. And uh, ever since then, he's been whooping my ass. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, you know, Drew's probably the, I tell people this all the time, he probably gets tired of hearing it, but he's probably the fishiest guy I know. Um, and, uh, yeah, Drew, I'll let you take it away. Before Drew starts, I want to, I want to, I want to voice my opinion of his fishiness as well. Not, not that Steve's not Uh-oh. super fishy as well, but you've run into those guys in your life where you're like, okay, this guy thinks like a fish. He's probably raised by fish. So that, that's, that's, that's Steve. <laughs> Or that's uh that's true that's Steve as well not not to belittle Steve's knowledge and incredible fishiness but but Drew's just weird he's just fishy weird it, it, it's it's just not fair I think that was a compliment that <laughs> <laughs> was it was too much of a compliment that I had to beat you down there a little bit at the end uh keep me humble exactly exactly uh, well you'll hear his story and he kind of has been raised by fish he's been fishing his whole life well yeah let, so let's hear it good um you know. I, Grew up right here on the bay fishing. All my dad did was hunt and fish on the bay when he wasn't working, and that's all my dad's friends did. So it's kind of just what I did. I fished and hunted my whole life. And, you know, I could say we did light tackle back then, which we definitely did to an extent. It definitely wasn't uh, quite where we're at now and how everything has changed, but that's all my dad ever wanted to do was extra light stuff, you know, casting, couldn't stand trolling. And so I just, Stayed fishing, you know, college, high school, uh, even when I started working full time. And I always ended up coming back to it, either mating for Steve or mating for other guys. I mean, I worked on a head boat as a kid for years, and that's an experience. But, you know, I just had a lot of opportunity to learn, and I've tried to take as much of it in as I could. And now I'm kind of putting it all together and using it to put clients on fish for Steve and enjoying running this second boat for him. So what was your, what was your big hook in fishing that no pun intended, but like when, when did you really go all after it and, and kind of pursue, cause you do, you like to hunt as well, but, but I'd say from what I know, fishing seems to be take up the majority of your time. But when, when was that like, did you have an experience or a time where you really kind of dove into it full force? Like as a career or just as, just as like the main hobby. This like is what I want to do every yeah. day. Um, I think I just always was, always like right. that's all we ever wanted to do. Like if we weren't, if we couldn't get to the bay, we were fishing a bass pond at my family's farm or the muddy river or something. We were just always fishing for something. That's all my friends did. Like we didn't go out and party a ton. We went down to the Creek and 
caught catfish at night. Like we didn't, <laughs> we, we were just always looking for somewhere, some way to fish. It's just always been what I want to do. And, you know, I fish, you know, full time now I get home and I go put my kayak in the water and go fun fishing. <laughs> like I, awesome. I am nonstop. It, it is. It's crazy because we'll do, you know, 10, 12 hours a day on the boat in the summer in the heat of the summer, hundred degrees out. And, uh, I'll call Drew when we get home just to kind of go over the next day. And, and I hear his kayak. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm fishing. You didn't get enough of that already. <laughs> That's awesome. You just got to punish them, man. It sounds like you don't like them very much. <laughs> I enjoy it. That's Time awesome. away. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if anybody's experienced being as good as Drew is at fishing. Oh my God. I think, I think, I <laughs> No, I'm, I think when you're that good at fishing, it's got to be a ton of fun. Drew, when I when we were fishing together too, <laughs> I was fishing beside Drew when we came up there last year, and like he even knew what was going on with my bait while I was yeah. fishing. I was, I'd, I'd be like, I think that was a bite. He's like, no, that was bottom. That was a rock. That, no, those aren't fish. I'm like, okay, all right. You know, you definitely know. <laughs> it's nice. You don't have to think when you're fishing with, with Drew and Steve. They kind of think for you. We just get to catch. We try not to overthink it. Yeah. Try not to overthink it, but definitely, uh, yeah, we're guides, right? So we want to want to make sure our clients are doing our right. probability. For sure, and the majority of the fishing the fishing we do is probably, you know, say probably nine months out of the year we're we're chasing you know fish of a lot. I'm, I'm, Hey, I'm losing y'all. I'm losing y'all a little bit. Sorry for the, for the technical difficulty guys. So we're recording soundboard to soundboard from here to there. Um, so I think it hasn't done that yet. We'll just, we'll keep rocking out and see how it goes. Are you, are you connected to Wi-Fi? talking through Wi-Fi or are you on uh, cell service? Uh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Okay. That might be the issue. I'm not sure though. We'll just keep on rocking because it really hasn't been bad. Um, but take me through y'all's fishery what, take me through y'all's seasons just a quick overview bird's eye view of kind of what y'all's seasons look like and and where y'all are chasing fish and what y'all are chasing yeah so um we'll just start with january because that's where we're at well, we're in february now but january we have a huge run of uh, ocean run stripers so um, migratory stripers they're all big fish you know anywhere from 35 to 50 inch stripers, I guess even bigger than that. We caught a few bigger than that. Um, but that's what we're doing January through the end of March is chasing those stripers, all catch and release. We go out, you know, it's, it's a chase, it's a hunt. Um, you catch one Judd and Michael, you came up last January, I believe. And, um, yeah, if you catch a big fish, it's, it's a great day. Um, this year has been a little exceptional. We'll talk about that later, but, uh, that's what we're doing until the end of March. Um, from there we have a closure. We can't target stripers in the bay because they are spawning. So they kind of want to leave them be, um, let them do their thing. And, uh, we take that time and we'll move south and we'll start going after the, uh, bull redfish that are coming in up, up the coast and into the bay. So, um, April and May, we're doing that down south, and uh, it's a ton of fun. I mean, bull redfish is kind of our, that's our thing. We love chasing bull reds in Chesapeake Bay. Some people don't realize how many 
or how good the fishery is here in the Bay, but uh, something we've been really focusing on for many, many years, kind of figured it out before really a lot came in. A lot of people even knew about it. Now the electronics have come around and are so good. It's just, it's just made the game so much better and uh, it's a ton of fun. So uh, once we're done with that, we get back into uh, stripers and uh, speckled trout. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Shallow water fishing? For the, sorry. So for the fall, we, we once we're done our red and cobia run in the summer, we come back, work our way back north a little more towards home for us and switch to shallow water and top water bite where we rarely fish less uh, deeper than five feet of water, I'd say. Um, you know, shallow structure, good water. And, you know, you're not getting the trophy fish normally that time of year. You know, you, there's a good chance that a good uh, Chesapeake spec, you know, mid-20s, lower 20s. But it's a lot of it's a lot of fish. It's a lot of mid-grade fish. You know, you'll pull some 30s, some high 20s. And we run that out pretty much until it gets, you know, that's pretty weather-dependent when that really turns off, when that water temperature switches on the shallows for us. So I was I was talking about our June run, which is the same as our fall run. Right, mm-hmm. our, our June, June, June through June, and shallow water fishing. In the summer, we jump right back into reds and cobia. It's a ton of fun. It's a lot of work as a guide. You know, we really have to hunt hunt those things down hard. But when we find them, we find them. We find them big, and uh, our clients have a ton of fun. You know, it's nothing. We've got six guys on the boat. It's nothing to have six guys hooked up to. That's awesome. 45, 50-inch bull reds. Um, so once the redfish, the cobia, you know, cobia come in a little bit later. So, you're, so well, late August. Quick, your big redfish are from which month to which month exactly? <laughs> so This is what threw me off because yeah. this isn't normal for us with the closure this year. That's why I got sidetracked. So we typically don't go down south to chase them, chase them in the spring. Um, so this year we're going to be April – Late April, early May, we're going to be uh, fishing for the bull reds in the spring. Then from you know mid May to the middle of July, we'll be chasing the stripers and the specks, shallow water. Yep. And then starting middle of July, we go back down. We're going to be chasing the bull reds and cobia all the way up until the end of September. Okay. Um, that's when everything kind of starts to fizzle out, um, and then we go back into you know, specks, shallow water stripers. Um, top water, it just, it's so much fun. Everybody talks about the Chesapeake Bay and October in the Chesapeake Bay is like, absolutely. October, November. Would you say October in, in the Chesapeake Bay is kind of like your biggest blend of different opportunity there as far as the fish go? It's pretty good. Yeah. Maybe September, November. Yeah. I mean, it can, yeah. Cause you know, on any day and especially September, I feel like yeah, September, September is because you can get, Cobia, bull reds, uh, stripers, Spanish mackerel, bluefish, specs. specs. I mean, you can get all you those in one trip. All in one day within three miles of each other. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty that's awesome. It's pretty phenomenal. We have a fishery up here that is just, it's insane. I mean, uh, we're very fortunate. Um, I think one of the cool so things about where you are, oh, sorry, I've got a little lag here, so I keep interrupting, is, is the ability to not have to fish around a bunch of other people. And, and you can go out and fish and have an epic yeah. day and, and never see someone else fishing. Now, you can have the exact opposite yeah. of that in the Chesapeake Bay as well, but I feel like with, with how y'all are dialed in and where y'all are, you get a lot of stuff to yourself. Yeah, that's that's selective on our part, how, where we 
we choose to work areas that give us that opportunity to fish alone where you might see, if you see two other boats a day, it's pretty rare. And it's the techniques we choose to target these fish to that keep us by ourselves and what our boats are capable of. That really makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We, um, we definitely dislike fishing around other boats. (laughs) I think the fishing is, you know, that other boats are not as, you know, stealthy and they'll shut a bite down really quick in the bay. So, get away from a crowd. And, hey, say uh, that one more time. No the last last five ten seconds. This the the Wi Fi I think might be messing us up. Actually, you know what? Cut. Do you have decent service where you are? Maybe I'll try it. Cut your cut your uh, Wi Fi off and just see if the cell phones. For some reason, it, it'll get real robotic sounding sometimes when you're on Wi Fi. Sorry right. about that, guys. It's all. It's all. All right, we'll I, see. We'll, yeah, we kind of live in. I, I live in this space, so. I don't think that helped us uh, for some reason. Yeah, I, I would have bet on it not helping. Let's um, let's go let's go Wi-Fi again, and we'll just keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> so one thing that y'all right, have kind on. of alluded to is use of electronics, and you know. Coming from me and Judd, we're we're more into the sight fishing game, that sort of stuff. Fishing less than ten feet of water, majority of the time, unless we're near shore or off the beach. Yeah, I'd say seventy five percent of our time we're under five feet of water. Yeah, under under two feet of water. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say most of the time we're counting inches, not not feet. So, um, go ahead and just take us through like what kind of a normal day is. What y'all are you know y'all are heavy in your electronics. Kind of give some everybody an idea of what to kind of expect i think that was something that was really different for me it's you know up there when we've come to look for striper when we've come to look for redfish you know it's when you say hunting me and john you know we're on the back of a skiff we're looking for a tail we're looking for that color in the water we're looking for that nervous water when y'all are hunting fish y'all are going about it a totally different way um just run us through some of that if you don't mind yeah so we've got you know we've got our boats set up the best technology and kind of everything that, that you, that's available. You know, we have, we have live imaging forward facing. Um, we've got hummingbird side imaging, which we run out 300 feet at times on both sides of the boat, which means we're scanning 600 feet of water. So we really are hunting water. Um, and these fish move everywhere. People always ask us, Oh, where are we going to start this morning? And I'm like, from zero, we got to go find these fish again. You know, they got tails and they move. So we really do, we do rely on our, uh, our electronics to find these fish. You know, sometimes we're fishing the other day, we were fishing a hundred foot of water and we're marking a single migratory striped bass just swimming by the boat and we're casting to it sort of sight casting with electronics and the bay. We don't get to do much sight casting because the water's just, dirty you know in the spring we get to see some fish from the towers but that's about it so we're typically using electronics shallow water our side imaging will show us right where to cast you know drew and i we love it it's the best feeling in the world when you know lights up with a school of fish and tell tell your clients to cast to the right side 50 feet out and boom they they're hooked up instantly so um what do you think drew yeah, I mean, it's kind of our only option. You know, our clean water, I'd say, looks like uh, 
lemonade at best. <laughs> so the whole sight fishing is not really an option, but we're, we're kind of, I feel like we share, you know, we're looking in similar areas, but we're, you know, you guys using your eyes, we're using our side imaging and turning parallel to that rock pile or point or yeah. jetty, whatever it might be. And we're saying, Oh, there's 50 fish between us and that jetty start throwing. And where y'all will probably be able to see those 50 fish. We're just, we have to see them on the hummingbird. Being on the water day in and day out throughout the season, our boats take a beating. Whether we need fiberglass work, new non-skid, hole painting, rigging, and electrical, or full-blown custom restoration, Brock Boatworks has you covered. Specializing in high-end skiffs, bay boats, and center consoles, their attention to detail and customer service ensures that you have the work done right the first time so you don't have to get it done again. You can find their information in the podcast show notes. Well, I say another thing too that we've we've done when we've been up there with y'all is you know really looking at birds, looking at the what's going on above the water as much as what's going on kind of in the water um, with yeah, the side imaging as well. You know, seeing some birds working, working those schools of bait, and knowing that there's some fish pushing them up and different things like that as well. Yeah, we definitely yeah we take all the clues we can find. You know, if there's a slick on the water or there's a bird just hovering we're going to check it out because you never know what might be hiding underneath of it and then we're able to use our electronics to to really know what's there you know there'd be there's times where we'll pull up to a group of working birds or just little turns or something you know we can go in there and realize if it's the fish you know even to the point of the size of the fish that's in that school working right there we can we can figure out right away without even casting a line and uh there's many times even in the fall where there's a lot of small fish working, a lot of small birds working, and we'll go up, we'll check it out because it's action. But um, a lot of times we know that there's something better, you know, just down the way, or something's got to be, something better's got to be going on, so we can tell right away whether it's worth our time. Yeah, it's but, pretty. It's pretty. Uh, I mean, our boats are named dialed in for a reason. <laughs> they're, uh, <laughs> they're, uh, they are, they're, they're pretty incredible. Um, we're kind of spoiled. I asked her all the time, is there anything else you, you think we can put on these boats? He's like, I'm good. Well, if we put the screen on, I won't be able to see over the dash. So that'd be the bigger issue. <laughs> you need a little, maybe a step stool. It sounds like you might need a step stool. I, I, think, I needed that before you put the screens on it. No, I really can't see. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that's, that's another thing that I was kind of leading into here is, you know, y'all do it's a sea hunter, right? 28 sea hunter. That yeah. y'all are running. Um, yep dual yamahas on both of them and i've never one of them's got one of them's got mercs yeah oh, one of them's got mercs that's right the new boat does yeah it? um yeah but you know from for me i've never been on one as i come up there but yeah riding in that is for clients being on the water for a day it's a very very nice ride it's a very comfortable ride very dry ride it fishes extremely well it does not fish like a giant center console where you can't get over the gunnels and a lot of that kind of stuff so, yeah the gunnel height is awesome on those things yeah. better than a lot of bay boats yeah so yeah i was gonna say it's, as far as it's like fishing up there y'all have got even the boat itself is dialed in <laughs> along with electronics <laughs> that means a lot knowing the days you've had on that boat up here in the last year <laughs> uh, a couple rough days I was uh, the last time yeah. I was almost seasick, <laughs> I made it through. But for most people, they don't know I that think, I get seasick. Even as much time as I spend on the water, when as soon as I go offshore, that's first thing I do is take a dram of me. So, 
I think even I got seasick that day. That was uh, <laughs> we had no <laughs> we had no right being out there that day. But rough. yeah, I, I mean that's all. <laughs> I think at least five footers, and then Chesapeake Bay. You know everything's real tight. The waves are real tight, and that's kind of where I um I put a lot of thought into it. You know, I didn't want to didn't want to come up with a coin to to go for the sea hunter, but it's paid off. And the you know the extra days we're allowed to fish, the um, the comfort for our clients, the fishability. It's it's a bay boat or a hybrid on steroids. You know, yeah. you see the hybrids out there. And this one's even even bigger than that, but it fishes just as well as a bay boat. So, um, yeah, we only need 18 inches. I know 18 inches is a lot for you guys and the, you know, pushing a uh, Poland's gift, but 18 inches in the bay can get us, you know, within casting distance of the shoreline just about everywhere. So um, it's really perfect to be able to do that. And then, uh, and then also be able to take on, you know, some rough waves and, and the bay can turn, you know, it can turn minutes to just being scary. So, um, that's, that's kind of why we were running sea hunters. They're great. Been great. Been good to us. Well, um, going back to some of our stuff. So I know you've put up some awesome, awesome pictures of some striped bass and stuff on the side imaging in the last little bit on Instagram. What is kind of y'all's, moving forward through the next month and some of that kind of stuff. I know y'all are going to be chasing stripers and all just mainly trophy fish. Y'all still finding some schoolies, smaller fish, you know, what are, what are people to expect coming up in the next little bit with y'all? Yeah, we typically have, um, you know, at least until March, March can be a little tough to find the, the schoolie fish, but we typically have some schoolies mix, mixed in, but the majority of our clients are coming to, to chase that trophy fish, sort of the hero or zero type of trip. You know, they can catch schoolies any other time of year. This is the only time of year that those big fish are in the bay. So um, that's what we're going after. You know, some days we've got kids on the boat. Some days we'll, you know, action obviously is is the uh, goal for the day. But um, yeah, we're we're going to be chasing the big ones until the end of March. Yeah, we're not throwing a bait smaller than seven inches right now. So we're also probably weeding out a couple smaller fish that might be around, but that that's what our clients are there for. Like yeah. Steve said, there's woolly fish you can find in one way or another year round. They so, mostly are there for their forty. The forty plus. So, so y- y'all have had a pretty insane season this year already. Take me through how this season compares to seasons of the past, and 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 what y'all have been kind of numbers y'all have been hitting lately. Ooh, it's, it's been unbelievable. Um, the run we've had in the Bay this year is nothing I've ever seen before. Um, the old timers I'm talking to are saying they've never, they haven't seen it in decades. So, um, it, the amount of big fish we have in the Bay this year is just incredible. Um, December was just outrageous. We usually only catch a handful of big fish, uh, migratory fish, before the new year and this year we had I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk numbers. <laughs> Why you don't wanna pull up the scoreboard? <laughs> uh, no. Drew's, Drew's beat me on the scoreboard by the way. Uh I'll admit it. But uh yeah we I mean numbers are you know just blowing numbers away from any other year. Um and that continued through January. January was also just exceptional. 
the fish are here. There's tons of them. What we're, what we're seeing is this is the result of a really good, I think it was two or three years of really good spawning class. Um, about 20, when was it? 15, I thought we, no, 12, 11, 11, I think it's 2011. I think around 2011, we had three good years of, um, really good spawn and those fish are now 40 plus inch fish. And here they are migrating back in the bay. Why they weren't here last year, last year was pretty good, but this year it's just, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's twice as good. It's, it's way better. Uh-huh. Um, and as far as our numbers are, are, are way up too. So our clients are, are really experiencing. I mean, this is, this fishing that we, I don't know how, hopefully we get it again next year, but, um, if you look at the spawning classes, I don't think we'll get it again for several years. Um, as long as these fish keep coming back, but they'll be, they'll be dying off soon. Old age, you know, they are, they are as old as they get. So fishing has just been crazy. The other thing that has to do with it is our, uh, our water temps and our, our temperatures have been up. So water temps in the fifties, when those big stripers show up in December made for some epic fishing. I mean, we're talking 45, 50 inch stripers just rolling on the surface and blitzing and stuff we see in October, November with the schoolie size fish, we're seeing the, the migratory fish doing and we're throwing top waters. We're throwing jerk baits at them. Um, that's sort of going away. We're going to be really grinding on them pretty hard from here on out. But just the other day, what was that? Saturday, um, Friday temperatures were in the seventies, air temps were in the seventies. And that made Saturday one of the best days we've ever had. Um, even though temps were all temps were down in the thirties, it brought the, brought the water temps back up into the mid forties and those fish just started going crazy again. So, um, kind of the perfect storm what do you say drew yeah no i think we had like a seven degree temperature swing between thursday and saturday last week and it was three and a half hours of big fish in fairly shallow for this time of year and they were eating very very well about anything you put in front of them yeah you couldn't miss i've got a i don't know if you guys saw the uh, screenshot i put on my for my hummingbird and side scan on my instagram but it's i mean it's 400 foot wide of just big stripers, uh, 10 foot thick. Just, I mean, unbelievable amount of fish piled up. And, um, yeah, we got to um, play with them pretty good. We try to be pretty good with them. Um, you know, this this is the future. So we try to release most of them, you know, both sides. We take only the PBs um, for our clients out of the water or fish that's really special. Um, take them out for a quick picture, but... Yeah, it's a ton of fun, man. These fish are strong. The head shakes from a striper. Judd, I know you experienced that. It, a striper just has a, it fights so different than everything else. You know, redfish will will run and it's fast, but a striper, they're not as fast, but they, they're just powerful. Oh, yeah. They're just powerful and you feel the head shakes. It's, uh, it's, it's really a cool feeling. And y'all are catching these fish on pretty darn light rods too, but, but still able to quickly, you know, with that colder water, you've got more time, but quickly get them to the boat and get them released. So you're not putting any extra stress on them, but it's, uh, it's pretty fun. They're crazy strong, especially catching fish in deeper water like that. It's a whole different fight than when you get a big fish in shallow water. Yeah. It's tons of fun. We are using light tackle, um, but it's, it's 
like tackle that we specifically picked and I've tested a lot of rods out and um finally, you know, picked some that are really light as far as weight goes, but powerful. Yeah. Um and uh they're they're plenty powerful to, to really get these fish to the back to the boat and not stress them out too much, but it's still really sporty. It's really sporty. It's fun. For sure, for sure. What's the uh, what's the biggest fish y'all put on the boat this season? I think you have it. I think it was mine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bob's fifty two, mm-hmm. fifty two inch striper. So what is a um, what is a healthy fifty two inch weigh? That's minimum fifty two pounds, probably. Yeah, they're when they get up that big, they're about a pound um, per inch, and gotcha. you know, a fat one, the one that's one that's real fat, could be. You know, it could go, it could go sixty pounds easy yeah. if it's a really fat fish. So um, this one, I think, got a good picture of it. But it's a funny story. Um, one of our regulars and, and a good friend of ours, um, Bob, was fishing, and we had one of those days where it was just wide open. You know, he was tired of reeling and fish, and so he cast out. And there was a guy on the boat who was recording for one of the uh, local tackle shops. He was recording some video for. Um, for the tackle shop and he hasn't really caught a fish. He hadn't caught any fish and Bob had caught plenty. So he hooks this fish and, uh, says, here, you want to reel this one in? And he hands this fish off and it was his personal best and ended up would have probably been a, uh, all tackle world record, but he, but he handed that fish off and you know, it's the, the record book is that's out of the game once you hand the fish off. So wow, pretty funny. Stinks. I keep giving him crack. <laughs> and ended up being so far the biggest fish of the year, which is, I mean, it's probably going to stand a 52 inch striped bass, you know, measured properly. A real 52 is, is a huge fish. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a, like, you know, Kobe length, a big Kobe <laughs> length. Yeah. And just, just fat as can be. Um, we knew it was big. We knew it was big because he handed it off as soon as he set the hook on it. And, uh, this kid gets it in his hand and it just starts going nuts and screaming drag. I looked at Bob and said, you might have messed up. And Bob doesn't keep his drag light. You can't pull it with your hand. If you pull Bob's drag with it, because he fishes with his own gear on the boat, not that ours is, it's a, we use really the gear on the boat, but Bob just has it stuff. Thankfully, because he's hard on it. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, you know, you try to pull his drag out and you're going to cut your fingers. His drag so tight, so yeah, that's awesome. That is a big fish. It's a monster. Yeah, fifty-two over a forty-two is just an exponential change. You know, they both are big fish, but I think mine was around that forty-two mark, and I was blown away by it. I can't even imagine ten more inches tacked onto the end of that. Put another ten inches on it, and yeah, I tell people that all the time. Like everybody's like, "Oh, I want a fifty, and you know, they'll get a forty-seven, and they're like, "That's huge!" And like the difference between a forty-seven and a fifty-two, now twelve. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's just a totally different fish. And to both perspective, um, we catch you know hundreds of these fish a year, and maybe a dozen of them go over over fifty, yeah. maybe. So that just goes to show you how how special a fifty inch fish. And we had a kid on the boat kid, kid come on the boat the other day. I was talking to him, and uh, he said he wanted a new PB. And he and he I didn't ask him while I was talking to him on the phone. But when he got to the boat, he said he he had a fifty inch fish was his personal best. I was like, 
buddy, you're gonna it's gonna be a while before you beat that one. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. The uh, do you know perhaps what the age difference is between like a 47 inch fish and a 52 inch fish? I will get right back to you on that. <laughs> I got my computer. I, I'd just be curious to know at that size how much they're growing. And if you don't get them much over 52, what, what's the length of like the world record, you know? Isn't it? Google, Google search. The only old re- record I was aware of was a very old record, and it's a fishing on a uh, two by four at an old way station, but it was by weight. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It was like, it was, it was something ridiculous from like the 80s. Yeah, so you wonder if, right. just like how we have all these chemicals in our food now, and you look at other countries where people eat real clean food and they're living much longer than people in the United States, I wonder if that plays into the, the age of these fish. Because like a 90, what was it, 92 pounds was the world record redfish off Avon Pier in the Outer Banks way back in the day. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. we haven't seen anything close to that. And you got to wonder, is it stuff that's getting in the water that's keeping these fish from living as long or... Um, but if, if the if getting yeah. over fifty two is that hard, you'd imagine that like y'all were saying, that's kind of where they're starting to die off at that age. If you've got that many big fish around and, and you and it's hard to break that, it's probably the kind of the top size of livable age. I would say just uh, quickly right. Google search uh, that he sees fifty four inches <laughs> with a girth of thirty six. Wow. Yeah, fish is almost as big around as it is long. That's incredible. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's how so yeah, around 19, 20 years old is, is, is a 50-inch fish, and a 41 is 13 years old. Wow. Yeah. So, which uh, makes six, pretty good sense with our age class that's had a good spawn because we've had a lot of 41 to 44 this year. Yeah, huh. definitely. They've been, um, they've been pretty thick, and hopefully this good age class, hopefully that means we've got six more years of really good fishing in the winter yeah it sounds like it sounds like it will if be. they allow us if uh, they allow us they are uh somehow maryland likes these uh non-target closures um you're talking about putting more of them on us which is the reason why we're going down south in uh april which i i get that but um yeah that's a whole nother story yeah that's a that's a podcast Not trying to eat. but that would be an awesome to get podcast today that would be an awesome podcast for you and Drew to do and, and talk about that and, and the, you know, some of the, the management issues that you are dealing with up there. Um, mortality issues. But um, yeah, going forward from that kind of a new topic here, as far as y'all's podcast goes, is there uh, – what is what are some of the topics that y'all are excited to cover, maybe some, some of the areas that y'all are excited to bring people on from? I am um – you know, I think we're going to definitely have some of the local guys because um, you know, Eastern Current's been focused down uh, down south. And I know you've you've talked to uh, guys all over the place, but there's definitely some local guys that we're really excited to bring on um, that have some have some really cool ways they look at a fishery and dissect a fishery um, and the way they fish. Um, and I definitely want to start talking to some guys, you know, up the coast. Um, some of the tuna guys I'm excited to talk to. Um, Drew, anybody in mind? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways to fish the bay, and, you know, we have ours, and then off of our way to fish it, there's 30 sub-branches off that. And, you know, I think we've met and fished and learned a lot from those guys as well and kind of made 
our own case of it, but hearing what they have to say and how they go about it different than us, I think it's pretty exciting. And, you know, I learned from them and I think a lot of other people would get to. That's been one of my favorite parts of the podcast is bringing on people nearby and also far away that target the same fish and just, you have a quick conversation with them on Instagram or text message and, and, you know, or you just see what they're doing on Instagram and you can learn a little bit, but when you can sit down and like diagnose each other's fisheries and how you fish, I've learned so much about redfish, about speckled trout that I would never have learned without sitting down and having a long podcast conversation with somebody. So that I'm excited for y'all on that kind of open some doors. It's a great way to get to know people too. You, you know, you see someone on, on social media that you like their, like the way they're fishing, what they're doing conservation wise, even, and, um, it's fun to, to bring those guys on and get to build a relationship through, through a podcast, through a conversation. So I know Mike, you've had yeah, uh, definitely. a fun time with that too. Yeah. Well, I think I can't, I can't wait. I think too, one of the cool things about having y'all in the location that you are is yes, you target redfish. Yes. You target speckled trout, but those aren't necessarily, I wouldn't say they're not your primary, but big bull redfish are, but you also have a lot of other species up there that, we don't get as far as huge populations or big runs where people are really dialed into them. So Tau Tog for an inch, for one instance, um, you know, big bull redfish, we get that north of us in the Pamlico, but we don't necessarily have it right here in our backyard. Um, you know, the big striper, we have striper here in the river, but we don't have that same world class. So, you know, even talking about tuna, we get some of the bluefin, but y'all are really in that kind of that good mix zone between the northern and the southern kind of areas of them. So just a lot of new species and a lot of new tactics that aren't necessarily employed in our area. Yeah, that cobia, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, we don't claim to be the, uh, you know, the best cobia fishermen around. We catch our fair share of cobia, but there's some guys in the, in the Chesapeake Bay that are just dialed in on cobia and, where to look for them. So I'm really excited to talk to all these people. Um, definitely excited to do some fishery stuff with uh, a couple of the guys around here that are really, you know, really into it. And everything. Um, and yeah, I know those, those podcasts can be very informative, They're not too boring, but um, definitely want to try and get some of those guys on too. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's just as important, it's just as important you know, to, uh, to keep everybody educated and, you know, up to date on regulations and what's kind of going in up and down, going on up and down the coast because these are our fisheries and we got to keep them, hopefully keep them as, uh, as good as we can still get to enjoy them. Oh, definitely. Sure. I think another thing I've noticed doing the podcast too is going into the podcast, I was initially just talking about like, and bringing on people talking about the things that like I was really interested in. And then I started to realize these other fish, these other fisheries are really unique and cool scenarios that were fun to learn about. Like, I know y'all have got other other fish up there, like your perch fishing and, and some of your uh, stuff as you get up in some of the rivers and whatnot that, that you don't even realize there's such a huge listener base or people that want to know how to go do that as well. So, like, for some reason this year, I'm, I'm so excited to, like, I got my son, he's old enough and taking brim fishing and doing stuff like that. That's a little bit different, but, but uh, this whole new world of excitement for me with, with having a little guy to take him out and just do stuff that's maybe a little more convenient or a little easier sometimes, but. Totally, totally love it. We also have a you know, really good snakehead fishery. I don't know if you guys have those down there, but We've yeah, got there's the a lot of guys. The snakeheads. Dude, the, the Northern snakehead fishing is unbelievable around here 
Um, I lost y'all there that last you said the northern snakehead fishing is what? There's tons of guys doing it. Tons of guys in a little bit and God. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's incredible. You know, you're fishing lily pads and, and really shallow stagnant water and um it's really cool. We've seen them swimming out in the middle of the bay. Drew can't seem to buy a bite. I've got several of them right in front of them, but <laughs> yeah. But those those guys are actually they it'd be really cool to hear them what they have to say because you know, there's probably infrastructure, we fish structure and you know, there's thought Yeah, just, just a little mostly a freshwater species, but they are paying attention to currents and tides and every little bit like we are. And, you know, they break everything. They're very scientific as well, I'll say, from the good ones I've talked to. Yeah, it's funny, the the crossovers, even across different species, and, and ta- tactics that you can think of and different uh, different styles of fishing like that could transfer from something you would never think, but you start to talk to some guy and it opens some little door in your mind of like, oh, my goodness, I could do that for, for redfish this way, or I could target speckled trout with that lure in this type of conditions, which is which is really neat, but we're ju- we're getting a little bit more technical robotic feedback now. So um, we're at forty five minutes no here. So I think that you know this is this is a good podcast and and excited. We'll definitely do some more roundtable podcasts with with all of us like this. But um, we're excited for y'all to, to get y'all's y'all's episodes going and get them up on the platform. And and I think our listeners that we have now will be stoked to to get up there and fish with y'all and to listen to stories of what y'all have got going on up there and then vice versa. Hopefully some, some new guys from up North will find, find the podcast and, and be intrigued to come down South and fish around here or learn about the, these fisheries. So, man, we're just stoked to have y'all on and want to get up there and fish with y'all soon. But thanks for, thanks for jumping on and doing this podcast with us. Yeah. Thanks guys thanks for having us. Can't wait. Awesome. Well, Mike, I guess, uh, me and Mike have some, some housekeeping <laughs> jobs to do today to kind of prep for the season. But, uh, as always, um, thank y'all again, and thanks for listening to the podcast. And and re- hey, we're gonna tag everything, but share share y'all's uh, y'all's info on how they can follow y'all on social media and where they can find you. So Griffin's Guide Service, um, you can basically you know Griffin's underscore underscore Guide Service is um, is our Instagram, Facebook. We're on on those two. We don't really mess with any of the other stuff, but. On there, griffinsguideservice.com, or um, you know, if you guys want to email us, give us email at info at griffinsguideservice.com. We're pretty pretty easy to find. We're pretty active on, especially Instagram. Love love posting up you know, as many reports as we can on Instagram. Some cool stuff. Well, one thing that just popped in my head real quick too, and I'm going to announce this on the podcast right now, is. Y'all's, y'all's fisheries popping off this winter. I think it could be cool. I got a baby coming in May, so I don't have a ton of flexibility for, for only for the next month or two. But it'd be cool to put together a hosted Eastern Current trip and bring up some clients from down here, come come visit y'all and do a day of, of uh, big striper fishing. So if anyone is listening to this podcast and wants to get in on a, a hosted trip up there this winter to go catch some big stripers, if y'all do still have some dates, we'll try to put something together. So sh- so hit me up on Instagram and we'll uh, we'll – We'll put that together if y'all are interested in getting up and, and doing some fishing with them. Absolutely. This year has been 
I'm not trying to sound like a salesman, but <laughs> this year's been crazy. And the fish are here. They're they're going to be in the bay until probably May. So sweet. Um, yeah, it's a great time to get after them. Heck yeah. Well, guys, thanks for listening to another Eastern Current podcast. And uh, we're always thankful for you here. Hope you all are having a good winter and catching some fish and getting out when it's warm. And we will see you all in the next one. Later.